things are really starting to amp up in several cases. So tonight I have quite a few updates. First, as you've most likely heard, Barry Morphew has been arrested in the Suzanne Morphew case. He is, or was, Suzanne's husband of 26 years. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. And Barry was arrested on Wednesday, May the 5th and charged with first-degree murder, tampering with evidence, and also attempting to influence a public servant. Now, we are waiting on the arrest affidavit, but from my understanding, it should be available in the next couple days, if not tomorrow which is Thursday, May the 13th. Stay tuned for those details. Now, currently, Barry Morphew is set to be in court at a status hearing on May the 27th at 4 p.m. And Suzanne still hasn't been found. Her brother David and her sister Melinda have since spoken out. And Melinda has said a few things about there being potential money issues, which we have heard for a while now. And Melinda says, I think life happens. I think pressures and stresses in life. I think financial pressure bears in on people very heavily. It creates an atmosphere of discontent and strife. And sometimes living beyond your means is a very hard thing to do. And Suzanne's brother David says, while my silence has been interpreted as not caring, within hours of being told of Suzanne's disappearance, nothing seemed to add up. My suspicion of foul play quickly grew, especially knowing my brother-in-law's personality. Nothing I say here will change minds and I will leave it to the experts of FBI to outline at the trial the cunning personality traits of Barry Morphew. As we look toward the prosecution and a trial, we can only hope for full confession and learn the whereabouts of Suzanne. I doubt that will happen and we will all be left with hearing horrific details that were perpetuated by pure evil. And David says this about Suzanne. Suzanne is never far from our minds as her gentle nature, smile, and unforgettable belly laugh are very much missed. And Melinda says, my sister had a strong faith in Christ. She loved God and she loved people. So my sister for me is safe in the arms of God. And that's how I choose to think of her today. She had a beautiful exterior, but what people always need to remember is my sister had a beautiful heart and that's the honor I want to give her. Now I'll keep you posted about Barry's arrest affidavit, Stay tuned for that. Now let's go on to the Lori and Chad Daybell case. We're starting to see things finally progress in it. And a few weeks ago, there was some talk about DNA that was found on some tools of Chad Daybell's. In court documents, it states, on April 12, 2021, the state received the results of DNA analysis of debris found on tools that were seized from Chad Daybell's property. The state also learned that some samples obtained from the examined items were possibly suited for DNA analysis, but that those samples were of such size and quantity that the testing process itself would consume the entirety of the sample or samples. And a week later, Rob Wood got a report from the lab and it says about a possible blood sample from an apartment that would require consumptive testing to test DNA. Now, it didn't say which apartment it came from. However, we had many questions and 
if you remember, Lori and Alex and Melanie Pulowski all lived in the same complex. Melanie lived beside Lori. And the one that we, or many of the viewers, have been questioning is apartment 107, which was Alex's. I do have an interesting video on that. I will put that there and also in the description below. And also recently, in the last few days, things are starting to amp up even more in court. John Pryor has subpoenaed Heather Daybell, who is Chad Daybell's sister-in-law, Nate Eaton from East Idaho News, and also two others. One of them is actually someone who did the, or they conducted that survey. And stay tuned for the fourth one. Now, this is for an upcoming hearing on June the 9th. Now, Heather Daybell, some of you may not know this, but Heather actually sent an email way back in August of 2020, and it had a few little interesting paragraphs to it. I will put a link in the description so you can check out this letter, but I'm going to point out a few interesting paragraphs. She says, as I have had many long talks with my good husband concerning the horrible events that have transpired in our extended family, we have both felt we have been punched in the gut and kicked in the teeth. Only now, as we are receiving professional counseling and working through this day by day, are we starting to feel like we can finally catch our breath and some days even smile. That maybe one day this won't consume so much of our energy and we can wake up in the morning with happier thoughts. I hope I never step my bounds and say things that could offend anyone concerning the situation. But because I have first-hand knowledge and know what the details have been for a while, I'm going to share some things that I should have been even more vocal about than I was the last several years. I'm not going to be vague and hope you get my message. I'm going to be direct and honest. Don't get me wrong, had anyone told me a few years ago that the tragedies that have unfolded the last year would happen in my family, I would have never believed it. But here we are, and it is our reality. I have racked my brain over and over wondering how it got this bad. How my relative could believe in ideas that go directly against the doctrines of our church and come to church each week as though all was well. That he could get others to believe those teachings and follow him that those teachings could ultimately lead to the death of innocent people. My head still spins. How can we prevent being so deceived? And in another paragraph, she says, I have questions that I don't think will be answered anytime soon. I don't understand why a family member of mine has done what he has done. I don't understand why my husband and I were blamed and ostracized by our extended family in trying to warn and bring attention to the huge concerns we had about what was happening. I don't understand how we were so unbelievable and he was so believable. Now, as for Nate Eaton, since we've seen this case break, Nate Eaton from East Idaho News has been there. He interviewed Chad and Lori in Hawaii. If you remember, he was saying, where are the kids? Where are the kids? Where are the kids? He's also the one who was flying in a helicopter on June 9th, 2020, the day that the kids were found deceased and buried in Chad Daybell's property. You know, the same area that Chad said he found a raccoon and had to shoot and bury it in his pet cemetery, fun times. So John Pryor subpoenaed Nate and Nate retained an attorney and here's what the statement from the attorney said. News reporters should not be conscripted as witnesses for either side in a criminal case, particularly in a case of such enormous public interest and concern. The First Amendment protects the independence of the press so it can report on criminal cases and not be forced to become witnesses in them. 
We hope the defense will reconsider this course and withdraw the subpoena. If not, we will ask the court to quash the subpoena. Now, East Idaho News has stated that they did reach out to John Pryor for a statement. Stay tuned if he in fact responds. I can completely see John Pryor doing this. I mean, he's probably wanted to silence Nate for a while now, in my opinion. Now, the next court date is June 9th, which, as I said, is also the one-year anniversary that the kids were found. I wonder if John Pryor has clued into that yet. Now, one more thing I'd like to address in this case. There was some news in the past week from Court TV that they are assembling a grand jury and that they're going to be bringing the information to this jury. And we're not going to know what's going on as those things are held in private. Typically what happens from my understanding is the prosecution will bring the information to this grand jury and the grand jury can indict these two. Stay tuned for more details. I haven't heard any confirmation if that's in fact happening. However, we did hear it from Court TV. Next case is Justin Evans. Just a few days ago, I had Justin's sister, Kristen, on my channel and we had a few hour conversation talking about Justin, his memories, some pictures, and also the timeline going through it over again. Now, Justin still hasn't been found and there have been a lot of discrepancies in the timeline. And one person in particular is changing her story several times and adapting where necessary. I'm not sure why that is. However, I'm going to find out. So stay tuned for that video as I have a couple in the works. And the family is waiting on identification of a body that has been found in the woods. And they said it could take up to 30 days now for DNA results. So again, we're waiting on news if that is Justin or not. There are a lot of lies and secrets in this case. A lot. And just sifting through the BS alone is a full-time job. I'll have the most recent video of Justin's along with his playlist in the description box below. Now, the next case, you know, something's off if we haven't heard about her, Letitia Stoke. So, of course, there's an update. Now, Letitia was in court today. In the past, Letitia had stated that she was going to defend herself and go pro se. She was actually very confident and very adamant that she do so. She said that she was going to work on this case 23-7. But perhaps she received the discovery, took a little look at it and saw what was in there and then changed her mind because she then had written the judge, yes, yet again, and asked this time if she could obtain counsel. So the judge granted her her previous attorneys, except there was a conflict. So she appeared in court today and she now has new counsel, only the new counsels actually uh, Josh Tallini, who was her advisory counsel when she was uh, going pro se. And in court today, we did see Letitia there. She wasn't in a wheelchair where we heard last week she was. Josh said that he is familiar with the discovery, but not to the extent he would be if he was actually uh, appointed to the case. So now that he is, he would like some extra time. So now it's pushed back again and the new dates is September on the 9th and 10th. And side note, I was watching Letitia as well, and there isn't anything really crazy that she did, but I want to say she did something that was like, mm, like teasing a little bit, I guess, because she would stand there and then she would touch the light and then 
step back basically and then she also at the end of the court session she went to go touch the fire alarm so you could tell she was playing another game i mean it's a little odd okay it's really odd and we know when we see leticia there's bound to be something Let's have a chit chat below. Let me know if you have any new information in some of these cases that I just talked about and we can chat about it. You can also email me at itsacrimeandashame at gmail.com. Thank you so much for watching. See you soon. You've worked hard for what you have, your money, your assets, your 401k and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com aware. Terms apply.